You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Third Watch episode. Now, exclusive coverage of Third Watch as we move into a brand spanking new season. We are past the halfway point as we discussed at the end of season three we're into the second half of third watch maybe the lesser half of the two but we're still going to be talking a lot about good things and bad things everything else in between and eventually Snowblind. but we're here for episode one of season four this first aired on the 30th of september 2002 it was written by ed alan bonero directed by our bestie guy norman b the episode itself is called lights up probably a good thing to say what the episode title is called and i also should mention that my name is ben and I have a wife? <laughs> well, if things continue to go well for you and Mallory, soon enough you just might. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and attitude. Wonder which parents she gets that from. <laughs> oh, well, this episode. Um, we're back. It's great season. to be back, by the way. It's, yeah, yeah our, our it is great to be back. Yeah, our listeners won't know this, but we've been... A, at the time of recording this, we've been away... For over half the year. Yes. Seamless and transition though, Darvell. Like, this yeah. is the magic of podcasting. <laughs> so much we had banked from this show because we loved it so much that we essentially can take uh, half a year off and uh, still have plenty in the reserve to kind of do this. But uh, hopefully, I don't yeah, know, a the, lot the quality doesn't diminish, does it, Darvell? I hope not. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't say that it's diminished at all. I mean, <laughs> we've still got it. Well, I mean, in all fairness, we've been recording now for about uh, 1 minute 43 seconds, so (laughs) we've still got plenty of time to diminish it on this episode. (laughs) Yeah, but we did have have about a 10-minute warm-up convo, too, so... (laughs) True, very true. Um, I mean, look, we we discussed at the end of Season 3 a bit about Season 4 and kind of, you know coming into it and i think i mean we've we've got a shift here and i I think kind of you do feel this really from the get-go and look we're we're never going to reach the highs that we've had of this show i feel uh you know particularly in the first two seasons season three kind of as i established last season surprised me in the fact that it's a lot more memorable and a lot better than i have ever given it credit for but i mean season four as i've kind of explained it, it you do start to feel the dips in this real kind of like transitioning period, which we really will get season four, season, uh, sorry, season five, season six. And I've always said with Third Watch, it is kind of a show of three parts. You know, season one, season two, the absolute peak perfection. Season three, season four, the real transition period. And then season five, season six, you know, kind of, it's waning. It kind of turns more into a cop show. And then, you know, season six comes along and just really ends it. But, I mean, particularly with this first episode that we get into here, I mean, did, did this kind of bring back memories in terms of our eventual shift in season four? Because, I mean, I, I think kind of this one's got some shades, but particularly <coughs> next episode with one character in particular, we're really going to take a different shift of this show. Yeah, I did notice that it started becoming more of a cop show at the beginning of season four, but you still had a pretty decent amount of, you know, paramedics and firefighters. It wasn't until, like, the middle of... I wouldn't say it wasn't until, like, the middle of season five or some point into season five that it really became, you know, virtually all cops. Yeah. And season six, of course, was mostly cops and fuck the firefighters and paramedics. (laughs) We're just going to – we're not even going to feature them until – you could argue that by the time we get to this, a lot of people will probably forget I said this. But goodbye to Camelot the final episode of the series 
yeah. that is the sort of reminder of classic third watch if you really think about it. <sighs> yeah, I'm looking. I mean, look, I don't want to get there right now because we're still six, uh, three seasons away. But like, I'm looking forward to that episode just I because I have a bipolar relationship with the finale of this show. Um, it definitely has its problems, but it also has its really good things. And yeah, I can see your point. Like, I can definitely see your point. Um, so yeah, and I, but I, I really think kind of. You know, we heard from Amy Carlson kind of when she said that really the, the main reason she sort of left this show was because season five, they were essentially like, yeah, we're switching this into Cop Central. But I mean, just this yeah. season, like. And she leaves in a big way, by the way. She, she definitely does. Um, I mean, we don't even get her in the first two episodes, do we? So, um. Not really, no. It's, I mean, we're really going to like, and again, we're jumping the gun. We're still this episode. This is kind of our conclusion to our finale of last season, but. I think it's it's interesting, I think, particularly next episode when we get the introduction of Cruz. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, Brandy's kind of not here for that. And I know we're definitely jumping the gun a week ahead in terms of that. But, I mean, just can we just establish for our Third Watch fans who are listening to this, we are one week away from Cruz. Like, I mean, legitimately, this is where we are in this timeline. Like, this, it feels crazy yeah. to me to even think that I can say that name, that we're a week away from it, considering <coughs> where we have come from um, and how far yeah. we've gone. That and- we're, we're literally about to get to Sergeant Cruz. Yeah, you know, I can't wait to see the comments from our listeners once we really start getting into Cruise. And I don't mean next episode. I mean when she comes back basically permanently when we get to the crime and punishment episodes. Because I'm pretty sure after we're introduced to her uh, at the end of episode two, we don't see her again until crime and punishment. And And I think we've said this several times before. You could argue that Cruz is easily the most polarizing character on Third Watch. Oh, and I can't down, wait to down. see what our listeners... I, yeah, I can't wait to see what our listeners have to say once we really get into... Once we really get into the character. Well, I mean, she, she does have, like... She's in Firestarter and Ladies Day, um, you know, a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Like, I think kind of you, crime punishment's where we get her. But, absolutely, I mean, this is... Right now, laying on the line, season four is like it's going to be dominated by cruise talk, and I think it's a, it's an important thing for the legacy and the history of this show for maybe people who weren't there watching this when it was live or kind of you know weren't part of that fan community. And, and I'm not trying to claim that I was a super active member of that. You know, I was younger, and I realised that a lot of people who listened to our show were a lot more involved than I ever have been. I've kind of, I guess, a newer member to this fan community of expressing things like episodes and interviews. But I am very much aware of the polarizing figure that Cruz was to this show. So, yeah, this season is going to be dominated by Cruz talk. We're not quite there yet. We're a week away. But I think it's obviously establishing where we're going with this season. And I think kind of, I mean, as we get started into this episode... um, some things that kind of came to light, which in, in only recent weeks, really, in the time of at least recording this, uh, which, I mean, I was completely unaware of. It's the first I'd heard of it. Um, was that a couple of members in our, one of the Third Watch fan communities on, on Facebook have discussions. Sort of, it was alluded to that, uh, the, the finale of last season, which obviously, you know, we were very high up on Blackout, was initially meant, was planned as being the premiere episode of season three. Uh, and apparently this came yeah. in an interview with Ed Allen Bonero from one of the members of the group. And I mean, like, it legitimately was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And I'm not, in no way am I disputing this claim. If that was maybe the plans, then sure, that's the plans. I'm kind of guessing that that maybe is more of a case of it was like the script was written and this was the plan. And then kind of 
when it came to September 11 and swapping things around, that's when they kind of bumped this back. I mean, look, I, I say that purely on the base of just kind of how, you know, I, I can't see how this was filmed, like things were previously filmed and then coming back. Like, I don't know. I mean, looking at the production codes, like you can see that this was, you know, 227701. And then you've got to look at the relay, which, you know, we obviously discussed with um, Guy Norman B and kind of some other things that that then went on to be the potentially the premiere. That production code of that one was 227703. So, I mean, in terms of production codes, blackout there is number one. But I, I really want to know, like, and this is kind of the case if we ever get, El, um, you know, Ed Allen on the show, is is what parts were filmed of this episode? Like, how much of this was filmed or how much was it just scripted? Um, compared to what it was. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's that's something that's just come to light, I guess, kind of, and that's why we didn't talk about it in that episode, because obviously that comes then you follows know, in here. How do you think they would have gone, though? I mean, it's kind of this what-if scenario, again, we talked about so much last season, about how much would this season have changed without September 11, but starting it off with a blackout as opposed to ending it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. how. I don't know how things would have been different if it hadn't been for you know, September 11th. But, you know, I did hear something about that a while back. I couldn't even tell you when it was, but I did I did read something online a while back about Blackout intending to be the season three premiere, or at least air earlier in the season. Mm. But to tell you the truth, it works better as a season finale. Completely agree. And, like, I think that we kind of, as we discussed during, discussed during the Relay, the Relay feels like a very much a premiere season episode and kind of at least yeah, also it, in this really... time... Yeah, and like in this time of Third Watch, which we kind of went over, the fact that, you know, the first two seasons didn't really end on a cliffhanger. You know, I mean, season one sort of had Jimmy being shot. That was kind of the cliffhanger, I guess. Sort of a cliffhanger. Yeah, and season two really had no cliffhanger at all. You know, maybe face pregnancy, that was kind of it. But, like, yeah, season but three... Yeah, season onward. Yeah, so season three ending on that cliffhanger, and every season now, moving forward, will have a cliffhanger. But, I mean, even kind of looking here at the production codes, or kind of if you're basing on production codes, so the black blackout, and this is kind of something that I think we maybe didn't um, research too much when we were talking about September 11 stuff, because we kind of just stopped at, oh, the relay is 227703, followed by Adam 553 is 227704. So there's 227701, which is a blackout, right? And then if you want to look at this in terms of production codes, and this, again, is a question maybe to put towards, you know, Ed or someone like that if we ever get on the show, the second episode actually uh, was meant to be The Unforgiven based on production codes, which obviously was the uh, terrible episode that we binned last season. So um, Yeah, the very first one I ever binned, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, look, again, this is all just numbers on a page. This doesn't mean anything, and I'm sure that production codes are used loosely, kind of just as initial plan. They've probably got a whiteboard at the beginning of the season, let's have this, let's have this. They come up with some ideas and they shuffle things around. So I'm not saying this is gospel when it comes to television creation, but it's just interesting reading some of these things. But I completely agree with what you said. Like, I I see Blackout working as a perfect finale and kind of we leave on this cliffhanger, we open up here with lights off. I I mean, sure, it's going to be a different thing as a premiere episode to episode two, but I'm glad this is how that turned out. I'm not saying I'm glad September 11 happened to change this, but I'm glad that Blackout was a season finale and this was a season premiere. Although September 11th, you could argue, gave us some of the... Maybe this is a stretch. It gave us some of the best... Some of the best elements in Third Watch, or Mm. some of the best moments. Agree. And, I mean, it shapes... And not just in season three, either. 
yeah, you'll no, see it no. referenced going forward. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's, I mean, it's going to change. I mean, Doc in particular it will kind of be that that main sort of one. Um, we'll get into this episode. I think a lot of this episode too, kind of. It's. I mean, I'm not saying we can lump a lot of this together just because you know there's still stuff to talk about. But I mean, one thing that you got to notice in this episode, and I kind of mentioned it last season about the montages that really kind of start playing <laughs> to uh, mm-hmm. third watch. We get it a bit, particularly in this episode. Uh, we get two, um, but uh, we start off straight away here, kind of like with a very extended previously on section before we really get in here into the opening. Um, and we get a we get a great I guess uh, you know entry into this uh, season kind of with still uh, the the bl- the blackout going on the riots obviously we ended up on our big cliffhanger with the riots mm-hmm. we get the game playing in the background by drowning pool you a drowning pool fan Darvell I don't think I've heard of them yeah well you have now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a, you're a big fan now that you know who that is when it comes to the game. I actually do quite like this song. I think I mean, look, as much as I rip shit into a lot of these, um, you know, montagey bits, I I actually don't mind some of the music. I actually think they they do quite well with some of the usage of the songs. And I, I'm somebody who's downloaded all the songs from Third Watch, so I've got all these songs. But um, yeah, no, I quite like this song that they every last one of them, huh? Yeah, no, come through my iTunes. Um, so basically, you know, we get kind of, you know, this, as I said, riot gear, then we kind of switch, we see Yoka sort of still in the elevator with Fred, who of course has collapsed at the end of the season. Um, then kind of it's sort of stuck in an elevator, stuck in an elevator, kind of switches between there. We've got Bosco and riot gear taking in another person. They're sort of branding their prisoners as they go into the, uh, the station there, just kind of as a way to kind of keep things up. Um, we've got, is it Latrell, our guy that he arrested at the end of last season? The, uh, the guy for running weed. Uh, he's still locked up and being a bit sarcastic to Bosco. Bosco's asking, has yes, anyone heard from yes, Yokus? Um, <clears throat> which, yeah. Uh, and then we get back to Yokus. Now, my biggest question here, because Yokus essentially finally says to Fred, like, I'm going to get help. So she, like, climbs her way out of the elevator to go. Now, my biggest question here is, like, okay, probably in the, in the scheme of time, uh, I know we're into a new season, but I guess maybe this might be a 10-minute period from when Fred's collapsed and when she's climbing out of the thing. But shouldn't she have done this sooner? <laughs> like, I, I feel yeah. like she should have done this sooner, before he had a heart attack. Yep. Yep, although, I mean, in all fairness, we all know that that you never know how you're going to react True. when in a situation like that. No excuse or no whatever, but but, yeah, I mean, being a cop... Surely she would have thought, oh, he's just collapsed. I need to get help somehow. Well, even, and even I'm before sure... the collapse, though, like, even, like, before he collapsed, when they're sitting in the elevator laughing for a while, like, if, I mean, if that's legitimately an option, I'm going to climb through the thing. Like, again, you're right. Like, you don't know how you're going to react. And, like, at the time, it's not an emergency. I'm sure they're assuming they're going to get rescued in five minutes. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, if you can just easily jump up through the vent like that, why couldn't she have done that five minutes ago? Yep, and all, although I mean, I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they were calling for help even when the, like, like right after the elevator got stuck. I seem to remember them yeah. both calling for help before Fred collapsed. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we're going to get to that. Yokes has gone off. She's banging on some doors. We get the introduction. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. uh, Sully and Davis are still in the riot. They kind of get cordoned into a building. They hear gunshots and they're kind of trapped in a building. This is obviously where we're going to 
meet some people soon. Sally's on the radio wanting help, can't get it. Davis has basically gotten them in this situation because he ran after a perp and Sally's sort of having a bit of a bit of a go at him, but uh, not too much. Uh, then we get... Um, actually, okay, I should really just separate that. Just anything quickly to add there, Darvell, on Sully and Davis in a building? Because I feel like our next scene we need to isolate with the introduction of someone. But uh, I don't think there's nothing really to talk about in those scenes, but I just thought in case you had something pressing you wanted to mention. Is it me, or in that little scene, is is Davis trying to... trying trying to be like Bosco because that's that's the sort of thing that's the sort of thing Bosco would do you know go after a perp and deliberately deliberately trap himself in faith and into you know paint himself in faith into a corner that's That's the sort of thing Bosco would do I mean that's a valid it doesn't it's very un-Davis like I think that. he just, I mean, like, well, this is kind of, I think, what we see. We do see flashes of that with Davis. I kind of think we've always established, really, that, you know, Davis is trying to balance his, you know, type of cop mixed a bit with Bosco, mixed a bit with Sully, mixed a bit with Faith. Like, you know, we obviously kind of, you know, had that great speech last season. Was it last season or season two when we kind of went through that? So I think kind of it's just, yeah, it's one of those moments, you're right, where kind of like a bit of Bosco what comes speech? out on him. The what, sorry? What speech? Um, it was, oh, why have I gone blank? It's when he's, it's between Davis and Yokus, and Yokus is kind of like, it's, you've got to take a bit of yourself, bit of Sally, bit of Bosco, put it all in there, and that's kind of what you do. So, what was that episode in? Why have I gone blank oh, on man. that? I, well, for once, the episode Guru has gone blank as well, because I can't <laughs> remember it either. Well, that's what happens when you have six months off, apparently, you go completely wrecked. I'm sure Barb's in there <laughs> typing in the box right now, telling us what it is. But, um, yeah, 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 so, anyway, but, like, you know, I think you're right. Like, it's kind of, this is a bit of a Bosco moment that he has, kind of sprinting after it. Um, but we sort of cross here to, uh, speaking of Bosco... He's banging on the Yokus's door because, again, we haven't heard from Faith all day. The phones are out, so he has no idea what's going on. So, bang, bang, bang on the door. You know, who should answer? One of the neighbours. Yep, you know, she's there. Nothing nothing untowards right now. Just a regular night in the Yokus household. And, hang on a minute, someone new is coming to the door. It's a, it's a young teenage girl. This isn't anyone that we know before. She's changed. And, hang on a minute, it's Emily. She's changed complete different appearances. She's gone from being a... 11, 12-year-old girl to be... So like 14, 15 14 years old. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Dennison. Hi, Bonnie uh, Dennison. (laughs) Disappeared. Hi, Um, Bonnie Dennison. I mean, we'll just go through this scene quickly. So basically, Bosco's asking where she is. Charlie hasn't changed, though. Um, Bosco's kind of a bit condescending, a bit of a dick to Emily and Charlie. Like, go and play. I need to talk to the lady before Emily sort of comes back straight away and is like, oh, they went to an appointment. Or should I go play? Which, can I just say it straight away, she's already given me the shits the way she replies to Bosco with that. Um, so this is kind of well, what we find out. Bosco well, you gotta give out. her, you gotta give her that. She's good at, she's good at the comeback. She is, she is. Bosco, uh, you know, yeah, found out that they're off, they had an appointment during the day, and kind of your opening line, um, you know, what is, uh, the lady says, like, she's quite precocious, and it's like, what attitude? I wonder where she gets that from. Um, now, <laughs> cause that does well, sound like the sort of thing Faith would say, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think kind of a lot of, you know, I mentioned earlier, this season's going to be dominated by Cruz, but let's just put this on the line. I'm going to be Emily. 99% positive about Cruz, because I really like Cruz, and I don't necessarily think the criticism against her is that fair. Like, I can understand it, but I don't think it's that fair. 
However, we get Emily. Uh, <laughs> a lot of my negativity of this season is going to be an Emily. Now, I don't dislike Bonnie Dennison. I, at the time, had quite a big crush on Bonnie Dennison. Um, and I, I look, I see why they do this. I see why they've kind of done this. Like, we've gone over this, I think, in the past. Like, let's bring it in a teenager, create a bit of drama here for Yokus. And, you know, it kind of all adds to the overall... she doesn't already have enough. Yeah, well, I mean, it adds to the overall, you know, Yokus is the star of Third Watch, you know, mantra that we're trying to put out there. But it's also a real kind of, like, lazy way out of, like, let's take a soap opera cliché where we want to add more drama to a character, so we're going to completely recast them. We're going to age them by a few years, an instant drama. Now, okay, they've technically only aged her by maybe a year or two. They've skipped, like, from 12 to 14. Not that bad. But, like... <sighs> uh, but you'd be amazed at what a difference that can make. But, I mean, it's... it's. I don't even know how to describe this, because I think, kind of, we went over the, the actress who played Emily before. It wasn't that she was a bad actress. I just think maybe she yeah, didn't have PJ the range. Morrison, I think her name was. Yeah, yeah. They, maybe they just didn't have the range and couldn't go to the level that Bonnie Dennis is. And, again, I'm not complaining it's Bonnie Dennis. I think Bonnie Dennison does a great job of being a pain-in-the-ass teenager who you really get annoyed with. Um, so, but, like, just... I, I'm just pre-warning everybody out now that I'm going to complain a lot about Emily this season. She gives me the shits in a lot of this season. She gets better in five and six. Like, she does improve. But season four, Emily, really my least favourite Emily. And even in this scene with the whole, oh, should I give that to you or will I go play? Like, the way she delivers that line. Like, shut up, you little shit box. Go slap her down. Don't speak to your adults uh, like that. I mean, if we... <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's let's not pretend we didn't get... We didn't take it we didn't get attitude with our parents like that at that age either i was or a as well angel darville i don't know about you <laughs> yeah right and i'm not blind um <laughs> <laughs> i find that i find that hard to believe man <laughs> um hey but, hey and for the record for the record whenever i say something like that you can laugh okay okay well, I, just, I, I, was, yeah, I was waiting can i can i ask your permission right now okay. on your emily feeling yeah. bonnie dennison emily how are we feeling well, yeah, I do. I love the way she delivers that line, although she is, and the character is basically a little shit, a, temp, a temper tantrum throwing entitled little twat this season. <laughs> but <laughs> see, Snowblind coming soon. But I <laughs> coming soon in twelve episodes. No, Ben's least favorite, Snowblind. But anyway, um. She always she has that. I think some aspect of that immaturity or in, or entitlement attitude or whatever it follows her throughout the rest of the show, but it's much less so. You know, when we get to seasons five and six, mm. you know, actually by the end of season six, she really doesn't have she really doesn't have a lot of that. No, and she. I mean, she. I think I want to believe that they felt that she was getting a bit on the nose um, because she really, like, after this season, there's not a whole lot of her in peril. Like, I mean, yeah, the vampire stuff, but, like, let's let's compare this, and I know it's a show you like too, um, you know, Kim Bauer and 24. Let's, let's randomly compare it to that. Like, 
I think kind yeah. of the dip, like Kim just became so much on the nose. In season two, you were just sick of her. Like, oh my God, there's a cougar. Oh my God, she's in a nuclear bomb shelter. Oh, she's being held up at gunpoint. Then season three, oh, she's working for CTU. Oh, she's looking after a baby. Oh, she's like, it's kind of like, okay, we get it. Whereas like season one, Kim, you kind of like, you didn't mind it at the start, but then, like, halfway through when she's kind of doing these whole, like, oh, you know, I've had a bad day, try and cross me when she's in prison. Like, no. I mean, I love Alicia Cuthbert. Like, how the, long? I love her. Oh, yeah, the part, the, part where, <laughs> the part where she's talking to that other girl and she says, you take all the bad things that happened to you in your life, it wouldn't fit into half of what's happened to me yeah. in the last 24 hours. And ma- maybe it's a case of just walking into the role. Right. Because I think, I mean, the, dif- the difference, I think, the only difference I'm thinking between Kim and... Emily, is that Emily you're annoyed with from the get-go and you kind of get to like her. Kim you kind of are okay with, but then you get annoyed with her. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I think it's the reverse roles. But I think you know the comparison I'm trying to make there. Yes, yes. Both teenagers, both uh, entitled in some ways. Both attractive. One grows up, the other really doesn't. <laughs> Um, Although yeah. it was kind of nice to see her, to see Kim as a as a as as a mother. In oh, absolutely! I, I mean, look, I coming soon, twenty four. But like, I I I don't. I'm not like a Kim hater. Like, I'm not one of those twenty four fans who just will rip shit into Kim. She definitely has a period of twenty four where she deserves to get her shit ripped onto her. But like, when she kind of disappears post season three and comes back, what season five? Like, she's tolerable. For, like, one when, episode, Yeah, two she episodes. comes back, like, once every two seasons for, like, two episodes, and she's fine. Like, you kind of, oh, Kim's back, yay. But, like, season two, Kim, is just pull your hair out, want to stab yourself. Season three is, for the most part, I mean, there's, like, a couple of moments in season three where you're like, okay, yeah. And, like, I'm not one of these people who are like, how the hell did Kim get a job at CTU? Like, I think it's a bit unfair. She probably could have got a job at CTU. She had connections with the father. Yeah, but like... Um, and she probably knew a little bit of how they worked. Yeah, and Kim's not bad at a job in season three or 24. Like, does people... Th- anyway, that's another debate. I hated yeah. Chloe at the beginning. I was a Chloe hater, oh. but before you grew into loving Chloe. But anyway, this isn't 24. <laughs> this is third watch. My yeah. point is, Emily yeah. gives me the shits this season. I'm going to complain a lot about her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yep. yes. Anyway, so we've, yep. we've met her, Although though. hopefully um, we will get to 24. <laughs> One day. One Eventually. Day. Um, yeah, one day. One day. But we've, we've been introduced to Bonnie Dennison, who will also appear on our opening credits at some point. I don't think she's quite there yet, but she will eventually. Um, so, uh, Yokus, in the meantime, is running around the door. She's still trying to, like, check. Just a brief little scene. Davis, uh, meanwhile, is on. He's got his gun. They find... Uh, is this where they find the lady straight away? We find our friend, or are we still... They're just still pinned down. I think they... No, they finally get the radio... Cool. No, they do get the lady. Davis has found the lady, and this is where we've got this yeah. guy on the floor Gosh, covered what's, in what's blood. Her, what's her name? What's her name? Nancy, right? Nancy, yes. And we don't know who this guy is just yet. For all we know, it's just a lady with a boyfriend or something like that in a shop front. And then finally, Sully does get through on the radio to kind of get through uh, there as well. Um, we get our one Jimmy appearance <laughs> this episode. Remember Jimmy? Because uh, let's just say this yep. is another thing for this season moving forward. Jimmy's a name I won't be saying much <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> we get it's only a couple of weeks though. We kind of get his um his bridge episode, isn't it? Where he crashes on the bridge, right? That's not that far away. So 
he will have an episode in a few weeks. Um, no, I'm pretty but, sure that's cr- yeah, that's uh, that would be crash and burn. Yeah, so that's that's right, right at the beginning of the episode four. So yeah, no, where um, you know Jimmy yeah. at least has one episode this season. Um, but I actually really do like this scene. So like, basically, Jimmy's helping because it's a blackout, so they need all hands on deck. Apparently, Taylor's not there; it's just mm-hmm. Jimmy. Um, but I do love this guy. Um, it's like, who is this guy? My name's Tom. His name's Phil. My name's Phil. <laughs> it's like that's what your wife said. I have a wife. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man probably just disoriented with everything going on yeah yeah just just a random little funny little scene but then we sort of yeah. get carlos and doc obviously kind of based on their little kerfuffle at the end of last season and underrated carlos and doc in this episode <laughs> i'm going to say like it's kind of it's not relevant to the plot but i kind of like how they sort of move a bit forward with their storyline and another sort of trope that i think we kind of need to keep going on here it's not like we haven't been doing this since season two or even season one is the fact that nothing gets good for doc really moving forward like just everything keeps going to shit for poor doc um so yeah he's not really listening to carlos here and they're just kind of ferrying patients in and out and carlos obviously is a little bit frustrated uh and i'm just i'm just lumping a few here together and we kind of get back to sully and davis back with this guy um, asking questions of this, uh, woman, what's his name, you know, doesn't, she sort of hesitates a little bit, um, and, you know, says George, you know, is George not enough? And then, you know, sort of they're trying to establish what's going on here and, you know, Sully, obviously with the situation going on with Tatiana, isn't too keen on prostitutes right now. And basically he's like, I'm not getting killed over some whore. You know, we need to, um, essentially kind of establish what's going on here. So loved a few scenes there together. Feel free to say what you need to say. But, uh, I mean, that's that Jimmy scene. I love that. And Carlos Doc underrated in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And they really. I love how they. I love how they really. How things with Carlos and Doc. Spoiler alert. Really come to a head at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. or close to the end of it, because you know, I'll say this now. Usually, it's Doc dishing on Carlos, and in a way, it's kind of nice to see Carlos. Shall we say, return the favor? But mm-hmm. we'll discuss that more when we get to it. Oh, yeah, and, like, it's a real throwback, this episode, I think, to kind of a season one, you know, one of our top five scenes from season one. Um, you know, really, we, we sort of get a, a bit of a flashback or at least a connection to that, which I like, you know. It's kind of a show that we've, we've not been too positive on their continuity third watch, but, um, you know, definitely something that uh, kind of does there. Anyway, so we've got uh, Yokus has come out. She's sort of gone to the elevator. She's uh, opening it up, checking on Fred again. Uh, grabbing the phone, sort of grabs Fred to gets ready to drag out. Kind of intersected here of the scene of uh, Davis and Sully dragging out uh, this guy with Nancy uh, while the riot's still going on. Apparently there's a photographer somewhere around here taking a photo of them being dragged out here. I'm actually watching this scene right now, and I cannot see any media there, but hey, cool. Photographers are everywhere. You don't actually know where they are. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, are. sort of again interse- uh, intersected. Yoka's dragging down Fred down the stairs. And who should just happen to show up at the exact time that she comes out the door? Oh, it's Bosco. <laughs> Bosco! <laughs> Good time. Because of how she... Bosco! Yeah. Because of how, how, she, how she does it. 
Well, you, I'm look, pretty sure I did not do it justice, but no, I will. I mean, no, you cannot do Molly Price's acting justice, Darvel. I mean, I love you, but, like, come on. <laughs> no, um, I can't. I will <laughs> freely admit I cannot do that. He, I mean, she's brilliant. I she, think she, he's taking a heart attack! The real panic sort of sets in, and sort of, obviously, Bosco rushing to the hospital. Intersected here, Carlos and Doc bringing in uh, the guy that Sully and that brought in. Davis is questioning the woman. She needs to have a room to sort of uh, get her composure together. Yoka's panicking over Fred and sort of, uh, you know, bo- just under, not just Molly Price being fantastic, but Jason Wiles is kind of like his reactions to, to Yoka's, you know, he's sort of, panic and sort of mixed with just his, you know, really trying to, you know, be there to support Yoke's, and we're going to lead up to a fantastic scene coming up soon. Uh, and yeah. Sally, meanwhile, gets presented with a badge by one of the nurses, and we find out the guy that they've discovered in that building is a police Drum officer. Roll. Yes. So, uh, adding a little bit more to the twist, and then I'm just going to add here, uh, Dave is questioning Nancy. She's cleaning herself up, and uh, she collapses, uh, and and apparently there's always doctors around because all Davis has to say is, I need help, and apparently that's enough to get some uh, help going on there. So, um, yeah, well, a lot going on here, kind of quick flashes, but, I mean, you know, it's setting some good stuff up this episode. Yep. Yep, and, uh, oh, by the way, this, the guy who Nancy was with, we should point out, he's not just any old cop. Mmm, who is he? Is it... Rudolph Giuliani. Uh, <laughs> no, he's the mayor of New York at that time. Um, <laughs> no, not a funny joke. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. David, I haven't seen this episode. Who do you think he could be? Oh, pretty sure it was. Re- pretty sure it was revealed. Well, we but, haven't uh, quite gotten there yet, have we? <laughs> no, we haven't. I just thought I would point that out to build a little suspense. Oh, you, know, you like building the suspense? Not, yeah, because this is not just any old cop. No, it's not. Uh, meanwhile, after poor old Nancy's collapsed, Yoka's apparently, as uh, all her years on the job as a cop and coming into the hospital, apparently has no idea how it works when somebody has been uh, treated in hospital and is essentially being told you've got to leave the room. And in fairness, again, as you kind of mentioned before, you don't know how you're going to react is, in these situations. And and it's and and it's easy to do that when it's someone that maybe you maybe you maybe a, a call you were responding to, but when it's a family member, I think it could yeah. be reasonably well argued that all that goes out the window. And I think kind of, you know, watching ER as well, like, I mean, this is the thing that would happen in ER, that even these doctors who, you know, see this every day, like, when it's your own loved one. But, uh, I mean, again, great Molly Price. Wow, like, kind of this scene when obviously... Nails it. Yeah, when they're trying to, you know, give him shock, you know, because he's, you know, obviously going to V-fib there, essentially, you know, getting him with the paddles, and she's kind of like, you're hurting him, you're hurting him, and Mary sort of puts her hands on her, and is kind of like, you know, Faith, get out of the way, get out of the way, and she sort of yells at her, and, you know, just kind of storms out of the room, which is going to lead us into some uh, very interesting stuff soon. Uh, speaking of Mary, she comes out and sort of has a bit of a word to Bosco, and just says, like, you know, look, he's going to make it, you know, we've got a pulse, like, it's, you know, it's it's a touch and go but then i really like kind of just this scene and i think it's kind of just a subtle little way of reminding us about that guy who got shot at the end of last season because i mean you've got to establish that this episode aired essentially what four months after the premiere and we don't remember that some guy got shot i mean this is 2002 like i mean this isn't you know things on netflix or dvd you can't remember that unless you've got a great memory so kind of when she says like oh that guy you brought in today who got shot and the way Bosco's kind of like, that was today? It felt like a month ago. Um, 
So we find out that he survived, and that's obviously going to be down to a lot of uh, what our paramedic guy that Bosco arrested before Latrell obviously helped out slightly there with that. Um, bit of a scene here a between... Lot, actually. Yeah, exactly. A Doc and Carlos scene here in the uh, ambulance and kind of, you know, Doc kind of just making some small talk, saying, like, we've been going all day, feels like we haven't eaten, you know, what a day. And Carlos is kind of just, you know, obviously by this point he's a bit shitty with Doc and he's like, you know, look, I know I was there too. They kind of share a bit of a um, a bit of a thing there. Now, I just, just pause there, I think, before we go into this next scene. Anything you want to add quickly on those little scenes? I mean, again, nothing really here major, but I just want to keep the next scene separate. No, not really. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this from the get-go, and it's, it's, I know this is a big call from our very first episode, but I'm going to say a potential top five nominee just for this scene, because this scene is like, wow. Uh, it's like just acting powerhouse here. Uh, Bosco comes in to check on uh, Yokus, and basically Yokus just loses at him, you know, like, hey, like, are you going to arrest Proctor? She put her hands on me, whether I'm a cop or not. Like, you know, she can't put her hands on me. And, you know, Bosco's like, I'm not going to arrest her. To which Yokus just absolutely, like, let's fly, Bosco. Like, you're useless. The only thing you're good at is arresting people. I'm sick of you. And just, like... What makes this scene just so amazing is just the deadpan look that Jason Wiles has on his face. Like, it's it's not even a deadpan look. It's just that... It's kind of like a dog. Like, a cowering dog look. Like, I'm guilty. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But in no way does he react. That's kind of how I pictured... Yeah. That's kind of how I imagined his... His, uh... Facial expression being. Because, I mean, when you're told... When when you're having someone unload on you like that... That's probably going to be your initial... That's probably going to be your immediate reaction... Yeah. And also, um, somewhat of a spoiler alert, it's kind of foreshadowing something that will happen later in the season. Yeah. This I, is kind of foreshadowing that. I think, if we're foreshadowing and kind of looking ahead to this season, I think, as much as this is a cruise season and kind of we're saying about Emily... Um, I think a really key element this season is the relationship between Bosco and Yokus and the ups and downs it has and their trust level and kind of just... And when we get a flashback episode showing how they met, which is amazing. Um, Because this really is the last season where they're kind of partnered together. So... And this is my biggest gripe with the ending of this show. is In the way that we know, anyway. But, like... And this is kind of a spoiler. It's not. I don't know, but... My biggest, like, problem with the ending of this show, one of them, is that we I feel we never get a proper resolution between these two, who, let's be honest, are the central part of this show for a good four seasons. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just foreshadowing that right now. But anyway, yes, no, I think, like, absolutely, as you said, it's kind of alluding to a lot. So, yeah, anyway, so we've kind of got this great scene. But, like, again, I'm just saying this. Like, I know it's very early. We're, you know, halfway through the first episode. But I just think this scene is so powerful, like, between these two, which just... The way they hold this and the way, you know, Bosco obviously kind of just turns around and just says, like, have you called the kids? And she just kind of, like, reacts and, like, holy shit, the kids. So, yeah, I'm putting this now nominee for top five of this season. (laughs) Well, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, you, it it is definitely worthy of that. I wonder if we'll have our top five before we're even halfway through the season like we did with season three. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think there's a moment in, se- in the season finale that will be in the top five. <laughs> two moments, to be precise. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. I can all but guarantee that two moments from the finale of this season will be in, 
um, the top five, and probably the number one moment will be in the finale episode. Um, so it's tricky because this is a season which has some big moments. So it's, this could be one where we've got a lot to go through. But, um, I mean, look, you and I are thinking right now one moment in the finale. I'm going to say two moments in the finale. Should definitely be in the top five. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, we're, we're still, still a little bit away from that. Um, so yeah. great acting, but yeah, this scene is, is, is absolutely incredible. Uh, meanwhile, we sort of see our dear old friend Nancy here. She's, uh, struggling a little bit. Uh, she's got some internal bleeding and, uh, they're obviously getting a little bit of, uh, to the bottom of what's going on there. Dave is watching over her. Meanwhile, Bosco is back. Uh, at the Yocus residence. He's Emily again. She's woken up. Um, she's been told that her dad's sick and they're going to come down to the hospital. Uh, I will say this isn't an annoying Emily scene. Uh, Bonnie Dennison does great in this scene, I think, actually. <laughs> like, it's actually a really good, well-acted scene, kind of the way she sort of holds it and, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get this for Dad, I'm going to do this, do everything, let's get down there, you know, everything. Um, meanwhile, we learn that our cop friend, uh, because we see Sally talking to some white shirts, and we know the white shirts in the NYPD are pretty important, uh, is none other than Chief George Hancock, Chief of Patrol. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then his wife is about to be brought down to, um, have a look. <gasps> so... Yeah, so essentially he's been getting a bit on the side and got caught up in the blackout and the police are going to do everything they can to essentially protect uh, this going on. Now, this is one of those, I think, few occasions where maybe the episode is dated uh, because I think in today's day and age and society, uh, this isn't going to be happening. So, um, yeah, it's kind of very blasé, isn't it? Like, oh, we're going to protect our cop because maybe he wasn't really having an affair behind his wife's back. Well, I don't know. There's still... You could argue that there are still those who, you know, want to cover things up, so... Well, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's it's less likely with the... Uh, public attention on things like the Me Too movement and things like that. Well, I don't see how this would be a Me Too No, you're right. That's a bad thing, comparison. But, but I, I think you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I hope you know what and, I mean. And also, you know, with things like, you know, with everybody recording, r- recording everything nowadays, yes. you know, like on video and stuff, there'd be no way they could keep that quiet if Third Watch were a thing today. They, they'd be saying... They, they they couldn't cover it up. They'd be saying, oh, yeah, someone was... So, we saw someone outside that storefront live-streaming the rescue on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. So, just, uh, yeah, but anyway, plot twist, he's a chief of patrol. Um, Yokus and Proctus share a little bit of a glance at each other, a bit of a smile, obviously, you know, she's, she's calmed down slightly now. Uh, the kids get brought in here... Um, Bosco's brought them in and Yoke is sort of talking to them a little bit, um, you know, getting some positive thoughts, uh, over for the dad. She sort of tries to apologize, but, uh, Bosco again kind of just fobs it off, which is nice. Like, again, you can tell it's kind of really yeah. rattled him, but he's not going to, you know, now's not the time. Um, and basically we, back to Davis and Sully, we've got our white shirt cop, uh, sort of, you know, so it's possible that he was working. You know, are you sure he wasn't working? <laughs> oh. Essentially, like, yeah. Oh, 
what was what was he? What were they? What were they doing? Playing cop and suspect role play or something? Did he whip hey, out his handcuffs? And- there's nothing wrong with that. That's a fun game. Um, but- <laughs> oh, really? Have you played it with Mallory yet? I have no comment on that issue. But uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> Obviously, we know what's going to happen here. Dave is kind of, you know, he's trying to sort of question it, but then he sort of obviously is getting a bit of a look from Sully, like, don't do this now. And then Sully... Shut up, Davis. (laughs) I miss your impersonation. Uh, Sully pulls out Davis for the lecture. And I I love, this is like, again, what I appreciate, kind of subtle little character moments. Davis standing up to Sully. Like, we didn't get this a couple of seasons ago. Like, Davis now, like, is at that point of this relationship where he can easily say, like, hey, I don't need a lecture. I know what you're going to do. Yeah. So, I think it's kind of, you know, it's good. And then, you know, kind of, what does Sully say? Like, you know, you need to watch yourself with people who control your career. So Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, some like, these people control your career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the important thing is, is kind of, at least in the early parts of this season, sort of Davis and Hancock, they're going to be a bit of a thing. Like, not in that way, but like, it's going to be a bit, I mean, it could have been. I don't yeah, know. Good I don't really, them. and I'll be honest, I don't really like that, I don't really like that storyline, or no, at least I didn't I'm when I you. first watched it. Yeah. No, I'm not the biggest fan either. Like, I, I completely agree with you there, but I mean, you know, give something a little bit interesting to do uh, along the way. Um, we get a nice little scene. I mean, I think a lot of the Emily stuff is going to be related to a mum. There's going to be teen versus mum issues throughout this season. But I I still think they can share some nice scenes. I think, and this is no disrespect to, was it PJ Morrison? We just didn't get to see yeah. enough of her to really comment on it. But no matter what I say about my dislike of a lot of Emily stuff this season, there's no denying that her and Yokus have a mother-daughter bond. You believe they're mother and daughter. Like, that is very well done. Yeah. Um, so for like this nice little scene of kind of them just talking and sort of, you know, Joker's like, you didn't really think you're going to go to school today, did you? Um, and the subtle little line, this is, this is one thing that you always notice in shows when they age a character really fast or they change an actor or things like that. There's always those little lines of, you're growing up so fast or, oh, you look unrecognizable. And so we get a line here from, uh, Jokas who says like, you're really growing up, M. Um, so, it's kind of just... I mean, it's a nice little scene. Look at this. Look at this, Arvel. I'm being nice to Emily all of a sudden. <laughs> yep, and it's and it's true. You know, we do we do grow up fast. I think our, I think our parents could attest to that. Mm. Yes, we do. We definitely do. Meanwhile, back with uh, Sully and Davis, we see the wife of Hancock come in, Davis watching on. Uh, we find out that uh, Nancy is possibly being raped. Now, look, I don't think it's ever implied that it's Hancock that's done it. I'm assuming that kind of, you know, it's it's one of these things that's just left a little bit open. You don't really need the solution to it. But, I mean, assuming maybe during the attack somebody raped her or something like that and they bashed Hancock up, I'm guessing that's probably what's happened. Uh, we also see uh, Emily and Charlie come in to see uh, Fred, who's sort of all connected up to uh, tubes and everything. Emily oh, and this is this the, is this the moment where Emily kind of explains to Charlie what's going on because she she does very well at that. I think that was a bit earlier. I think I skipped over that one because that's when Charlie kind of says like, "Is Daddy going to die?" And kind of Yoke, as you can see, struggling with it because I think kind of the scene where I just mentioned that um, Yoke sort of says to Emily like, "Thanks for handling that with Charlie." So I, I skipped over that scene, but yeah, no, you're right, absolutely right. Like she does that very well, and again, yeah, she- I, I ben, Bonnie Dennison is a great actress. Her character just shits me sometimes. At the moment, she's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's. I think that's. I think that's what. 
I think that's what she was meant to do. Yeah, no, at least exactly. at first is give you the shits as you put it. And hey, the fact that she did great job on Bonnie Dennison's part. Yeah, there's, there's a difference between an actor giving you the shits and a character giving you the shits. And you're absolutely right. When a character is potentially meant to give you the shits, and the actor's doing their job right. So yep. uh, props to you, Bonnie Dennison. Um, if, you're, so if you're listening. We, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure she is. <laughs> I don't know what else she's doing. Oh, no, she's got a blog. She, I didn't mean that to be mean. Uh, I follow her on Instagram and like Twitter. She she runs a, a well-being blog, I think. Uh, oh. We have reached out to her to see if she wants to come on the show. She, she hasn't responded to us, but I mean, at the time of this, who knows? She might. Bonnie, if you're listening, please come on the show. Um, so, Sully, uh, sorry, not Sully, Davis. Has a bit of a chat to Nancy, finds out she's from Denver. We're trying to sort of get to the bottom of what's happening and sort of Davis sort of questioning her and she just kind of says, I fell down. Um, don't really need to, uh, you know, go into... She doesn't really go into details. And uh, he just kind of mentions, like, I feel like somebody needs to be with you. That's kind of why he's checking up on her. Um, I do... I really like this scene between Yokus and Charlie because, like, Charlie starts off being like a little kid and being one of those annoying ones. He's, like, asking 101 questions. Yokus doesn't know the answer, and she can tell that Yokus is, like, getting really fed up with him before, kind of, he just kind of says, like, where's Emily? And, um, you know, Emily, we find out, has been in the uh, the bathroom for for a little bit of time. But it's just a nice, cute little scene here. And, I mean, we, we're really kind of getting a bit here from young Charlie. I mean, Charlie gets changed eventually, but I think kind of yeah. Charlie's just even more subtle than Emily. Kind of what happens about three episodes from the end of this bloody show and not even enough time to have anything happen to it. So, um, yeah, good old little Jeremy Bergman here, uh, doing a good job. Yeah. Don't oh, have anything to add you... on him? No, not, not not really. Not feeling the Jeremy Bergman love right now? Fair enough. That's all right. Well, Hello, Jeremy, if you're listening. Well, well I, He's probably not doing anything well, else. Well, <laughs> I, well, I am, but I, I don't really have a lot to comment on him, simply because we don't really see a lot of him... I don't think we really see a lot of him through, throughout throughout the show. No, we never really so. get an ultimate Charlie storyline, really, do we? I mean, we had all the Joey stuff, but like, do we ever get Charlie? No. He pops up randomly in, like, the end of season six. Like, hey, that's different Charlie. Uh, this is where we get our bit of a throwback to, to season one. Um, which, like, I've, I've written here another potential top five, but, I, I mean, look, if we have to choose one, I think it's definitely the, the bosco Yoka scene. But this is still a pretty good scene. So, Doc and Carlos are clocking off, and essentially they get into a bit of a, a, bit of a fight here because Doc's sort of wanting to talk about it. Carlos just wants to leave. And obviously, you know, they just kind of really get into a heated debate. Carlos is still shitty from the night before that Doc essentially doesn't ask for his opinion. This has kind of been an ongoing thing between these two, relating a little bit back to when he wanted to take the money and didn't sort of ask him about it. And it's kind of, I think, kind of Carlos's way of really showing, like, look, you, you don't respect me. And um, it obviously comes down to this real, like, personal dig and fight and... Uh, Carlos essentially saying, like, this is the only job you've got, and Doc gets a bit shovey and kind of like, you want to hit me again? Like, you know, a real throwback to season one, and Doc obviously turning around and really getting a dig at him, talking about his daughter, and then uh, Carlos, you know, saying, you've only got this crappy little job, you need a little bit of power. So, this is what we've always talked about with these two. Really... Just as soon as you think they're getting better, something comes along to wedge them in part. Like, it's just, this is the uniqueness of their relationship that we always have yep. between these two. Is It never is good. As soon as it's good, it's bad two weeks later. Yep, and I really thought, I, I, could, not root, I could not root for Doc in this 
No. In this little scene because of that dig at Carlos about his, about, you know, what was it? I'm not the one who gave away his kid because she was inconvenient or something. Fuck you! <laughs> that is easily... Wow. That is, fuck you, Doc. That is that is easily one of the most mature things Carlos has ever done. Mm. And I said I said that last season, too, when we were going through... This, when we were going through that storyline with the with Kylie, is mm-hmm. that um, is that that Carlos doing that actually made me respect him more? Mm-hmm. Because as much as he wanted to keep as much as he wanted to keep her and raise her, he knew deep down that he could he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't raise her he couldn't give her a family. So he gave so he did the mature thing and gave and gave her and gave her not gave her away put her for adoption. Put her, yeah, put her up for adoption, and luckily, a family, a, a good family, a really good family, were able to take her in and give her the family that he couldn't. That yeah. takes a really big person. And I think you're and 100% Doc right. Just could, Doc, Doc just forgets that. Yeah, and I think, absolutely agree. And I think that it's really the downward spiral of Doc, and I think with that downward spiral is that, Doc loses a lot of his redeeming qualities, like, and it really does. It really is something that, and we'll get to it next season. But like, I hated what they did with Doc. I hated it so much. But like, when you kind of it was put very it all well into a, done, though. You got to give it that. Well, yeah, but like, it was just yeah, but like, yeah, I agree. I think the thing is just one of these things in isolation that if you know what's going to happen and you really focus on the development of Doc as a character, it makes sense. And, like, there's just subtle little things here. And it's just this downward, downward. If we had a graph, a graph, a graph, uh, of, you know, putting Doc on a pedestal right at the very top and kind of drawing a line down, 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 down to the down, 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 down. We'd be probably about, like, 68% down on that graph now of where he's going down in terms of his life. And it's not, it's not just, like, Doc's turning into a dick. Doc has shit luck. Like, he really does. He really does. does. Shit luck. So, yeah. We'll get another taste of that the next episode. Yeah, I mean, look. Spoiler alert. I, we say this a lot about the fact that, you know, I've interviewed Michael Beach, but, I mean, it is something that I, you know, would love to get him back on again to kind of have more specific ones. But, you know, he's kind of gone on to bigger and better things. He's about to be an Aquaman. So, um, <laughs> you know. Well, anyway, maybe you, can, right still, maybe you can still get him back on again. Who knows? Still friends with him on Facebook. Uh, it's never, never say never, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah, great scene between these two. Fantastic. Um, and we then find out that Davis is on the front page of the paper. Hero Cop saves the day. Hero Cop. So, Woo! Uh, <laughs> obviously, as I said, there was a cameraman or a camera woman, a camera person somewhere to taking be a picture. Politically correct. Yes, a camera person. Um, yep. and. Davis, uh, basically says he's going to stick around for Nancy. He's a hero cop. He'll get a lift home. Uh, then we kind of get a few <laughs> little lines here from Sully, essentially. Aaron you know, he doesn't know what to believe anymore about, um, about Tatiana. Uh, and, uh, I guess he's going to, he's saying, I'm going to sort it out. We'll get a little bit of that soon, kind of how he's going to sort that out in a subtle little way. Um, also with this, uh, Yokus discovers Emily in the bathroom. And kind of Emily, you know, trying to be strong, not cry, wanted to smell something, uh, I can't even remember. Um, and they have a nice big hug, uh, kind of, you know. I, I will she, say Emily. And she does, she does break down. She does. You know, it, in a way, it kind of reminds me of when, 
I don't know why, but for some reason that scene kind of reminds me of uh, the end of re- the end of Responsible Parties way back in season one, mm-hmm. when Faith is ju- when Faith is just in her room after work crying her eyes out, and I see. Emily, who was of course then played by P.J. Morrison, comes in and j- comes in and hugs her and just that that little sweet "Don't cry, mommy." Yeah, no, I see it, and it's man. That ep- that episode too was a that episode was a really really powerful one. I definitely definitely agree. Um, meanwhile, back at the uh, police station, Bosco, I guess, kind of having been yelled at by Yokus, has a bit of a bit of a epiphany, I guess, and Latrell is um, is let go. He is uh, released. Bosco says he lost and- the evidence. So um, he's done his good deed and says, like, uh, what does he say? Like, I'll oh, do me a favor. If I ever need a bus, you be the one to respond. Which, I mean, look, spoiler alert, we never see this guy again. But, I mean, no, that would have been a nice little thing, wouldn't it? Like, later this season yeah. or a season or two. Yeah, like, have, hey, have look, who's a new yeah, paramedic. It's Latrell. Yeah, yeah. Bring on bring on Latrell. Have him be in. Have him. Except who, who would he. Let's say they brought him on. Who would he partner with? Anyone, take your pick. Doc, uh, you know, Carlos, Kim, Taylor, uh, Grace. Hmm. Um, remember her? <laughs> Holly? Yeah, well, we well we haven't even gotten to her yet, but yeah. But yeah, I do remember her. Don't worry, we'll be saying I the same just... thing in about two seasons' time. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grace. Yeah, she's, she's there. Yeah. Yep. Yep, Grace. Cara Bueno. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but by then, if, if, if that had happened, I mean, by then he really wouldn't get to do much, at least here, if he came back, you know, at some point in this season, he'd still have a decent, he'd still have a fairly decent amount of work. Have him be, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who, uh, is a paramedic who's meant to be a paramedic, but then doesn't show up on the day that Taylor has an accident and then next season, Eugene, 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 have him be Eugene. <laughs> so, no, that's a bit mean. He's he's better than Eugene. Uh, anyway, so really uh, but well, he, he could he could tra- he could train Eugene. Could, he could be. be Eugene's yeah. trainer. He could be. Sally goes home. Uh, she has a glass of vodka with uh, Tatiana and a wine glass. Why not? Um, nice little nice little scene between these two. And obviously, we're going to find out a bit of a hidden uh, agenda here that Sally has here, not trusting and. Can I can I just point out? <laughs> there's so many foreshadowing we're doing this uh, episode, Davel, for this season. Yes. But in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to be crying my eyes out. <laughs> oh, I, I know you will. Get, yeah. In when we there. yeah in uh, four week four weeks' time from here. Yeah. And yeah, it's so and soon. hey, if you hey, and don't don't worry if you start if you start. Well, if both of us, you know, get emotional while we're recording that episode, hey, that's okay. Mm. We we can we can let it we can let it show. Legitimately, one episode of television that no matter what point of my life I watch it, I will cry. Um, anyway, so uh, hidden motive. But then we started this episode with a montage. So why don't we end it with a montage? Because it's season four. Oh, um, wonderful idea. We get a song actually here by an Australian artist, A Million Tears by Casey Chambers. There you go. 
Uh, so, a bit of what going on here in the montage. Uh, we see Bosco flushing down some dope in the toilet. We see Fred on the uh, ventilator. We see um, Yokus with the kids, with Fred. Uh, we see Doc taking out uh, some anger on his apartment, which kind of, again, ends up being a trope, doesn't it, that his apartment never really gets fixed. Is he, like, punching the walls and He stuff? throws, like, his paint on the wall and essentially just, you know does a dock anger move essentially but the plot twist here the real plot twist kind of our cliffhanger that we ended on is sully after tatiana's gone to bed gets the wine glass that uh, tatiana has drunk from only to put it in a little baggie i was going to get some evidence because there's some dna of tatiana on the wine glass plot twist end of episode i sure hope he had the foresight to wear to wear gloves so that, he, uh, so that his and her fingerprints don't get mixed in on the glass. You you would think he would, wouldn't you? Uh, but he just kind of uses the bag and sort of protects it. Uh, actually, no, hang on. I'm looking at here. Uh, no, he doesn't even use gloves, and he picks up. He picks up the glass. He puts his fingers in the glass, as to not to touch the outside of the glass. But uh, no, he doesn't use gloves. So. <laughs> Real smart move there, Sully. Yeah, good job. Good job, Sully. Uh, but there we go. Uh, that's the episode. Any Anything further you wish to add here on uh, Lights Up? No. Nope. Doesn't sound like a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> kind of gone quiet there. I'm going to say that's a no from Darvell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a solid episode. For a few seconds. A Very solid, solid. yes. Yeah, I, uh, look, I'm going to buy it. You're going to buy it? Wow, okay, you've even preempted me there without even uh, getting into to me asking you the question. Darvell, would you like to buy it, bin it, or rent it? Um, any particular reason you're buying it, or you just, you like it, or? You know, looking at it again, it is a very, it is, you know, pretty well-rounded. We get to explore, you know, all of our core characters more, and how, you know, various situations in the blackout can have, you know, tested them in ways that, aside from nine eleven, few things have. Mm-hmm. And they they execute their parts. They execute their parts very well. The foreshadowing of things to come is done very well. Bonnie De- Bonnie Dennison got to give props to Bonnie Dennison. The character of Emily is meant to be a fourteen year old entitled little twat, and she pulls it off perfectly. <laughs> except for the scenes where, except for the scenes where, of course, she does have her mature moments, and that is good. Um, so yeah, very good all around, very good episode all around. Interesting. Um, see, what are you going to do? Well, kind of point out that you have not rented an episode since episode ten, season two, history. You have bought every episode since, or you've been the Unforgiven. So I just want to point that out. Um, yeah, I had, I had to, or well, like I said, I had to bin that episode because <laughs> I really wanted to like it, but I just, I couldn't, I could not get into it. Although I did say, as you might, if you might recall, I did say that episode probably would have worked if the whole scene with Sully and the and the priest or whoever he was had happened at the end of the episode instead of having it having yeah. little scenes of them interspersed throughout. And I think, yeah, we would have Then it probably would have worked. The flashbacks could have been handled a little bit better. But, yeah, look, um, I'm renting this episode. Look, I I don't disagree with what you say. I think that it's got a lot of foreshadowing. It's got positives to it. 
I just feel that after kind of such a good ending to last season that it just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of watch this episode and I, I don't hate it. I'm not like, this is the worst episode ever, but I just don't think there's enough. No, that's to no bite. It's, it's establishing <laughs> stuff. It's kind of, it's, it's there, but it's a lot of just in hospitals and kind of there and thereabouts. And I don't know. There's just something about it that kind of just doesn't overall wow me. So it's a middle of the road rent for me. Uh, I'll say right now after 67 episodes of third watch, this is actually sitting at 61st. But uh, having said that, I've only binned two episodes, so um, it's yeah. kind of a case Demolition, of... Yeah, Demolition Derby, and didn't you also bin The, the Unforgiven? Unforgiven? Yeah, which I think if we look at uh, where we were at, say, with Nip Tuck after three seasons, we haven't, at least at the time of recording this, we haven't quite reached the third season of uh, Lost. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I'd bin more Nip Tuck episodes then. So right now, Third Watch is winning in terms of the bins at this point. So uh, I, I, I will say expect a, probably a couple more bins to come um but yeah no this is a this is uh, a middle yeah, range i'm pretty sure you will definitely i'm pretty sure you will definitely bend Snowblind. oh look <laughs> i could have an epiphany in the who knows like i could just love yeah. drugs in cars and horny teenage boys um who knows we'll find out uh next week though the chosen few um bit of stuff going on next week um mm-hmm. there's sully there's some detectives there's some montages uh there's some fred uh, and just look, kind of just pre-warn people. I'm not going to be happy with the Fred stuff next week, so uh, get ready for that. Well, but I think, <laughs> well, I think. Sorry, go ahead, Darbell. Oh well, I, I was going to say, nor am I, but I'll get, I'll get, I'll really get into it when we when we get to that. The the the, the most important thing though next week is that uh, you know we get Bosco doing a bit of anti-crime, which is kind of cool. But we meet uh, arguably the most uh, you know talked about. Uh, bipolar character in the history of Third Watch is introduced next week. You love her, you hate her, you're not really in the middle, I feel. Maybe you are. I don't know. Uh, Sergeant Maritza Cruz, we get a, all of two minutes of her in her glory. Um, and as you kind of mentioned, we don't kind of get a little bit more to her sort of for a few more weeks. But I'm so sad Brandy's not going to be with us. But uh, Cruz is next week, yeah, Darvell, Sergeant really Cruz. Forward to hearing her, I was really looking forward to hearing her fangirl out over it. Hmm. We'll have to maybe get some uh, written thoughts or something. But, yeah, looking forward to that. That is obviously yeah. next week. In the meantime, people, if you like us, and you should, then you should go to Facebook and click on Like, and you can like our page. You can also follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on all the relevant channels, iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, which is a new thing since we last recorded. Um, just Google, Google Podcasts, I've never heard of that. Well, it's a new thing, apparently, so we're there. Uh, leave us some feedback, we'd appreciate it. We're also on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Uh, we're probably outside your door right now. Say hello, hi, put some pants on. <laughs> um, but we appreciate any feedback, support, and, and uh, anything. And coffee while you're at it. Yeah, absolutely. And bring me some nuggets. Well, for me, I would uh, for like me anyway, nuggets. coffee, because it's <laughs> almost 7 a.m. You're doing well, Darvo. You're doing well. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for your company. It's been fun and looking forward to next week. My name is Ben. No problem. And I just wanted to smell him. <laughs> Better not let Mallory hear you say that. My name's Darvell, and she put her hands on me, Bosco. Are you going to arrest her? Okay, that probably wasn't the exact quote, but oh well. See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.